Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Let's join Bishop Kevin J. Foreman. Take over, take over, take over. I, I got because because some folks are like, oh my God, somebody better run to the back and do something. <laughs> Let's say it together. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. My mind is renewed and my spirit is prepared to receive the word which produces faith. And faith pleases God. I'm not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. This word has given me life. Shout it out. I am. Amen. Remain standing if you would. Go to one scripture. James chapter 1. James chapter 1. James chapter number 1. And we're going to look at one verse. Or a couple of verses rather. In James chapter 1. Say it again when we say patience. Uh, I need to encourage you tonight that uh, you're going to be stretched in your patience tonight. Amen. Amen. How many people, you, you'll just be honest up front that you got patience problems. And the rest of y'all are liars. So, so you may not have a patience problem. You got a lying problem. Okay. All right. Everybody at some point or another has a patience problem. Bishop, how do you know I can observe traffic? Bishop, how do you know I see how you run out of the auditorium so you can be the first in line at the bookstore, so you can be the first in the parking lot, so you can get out the parking lot first? Oh, y'all don't want to say nothing. Okay. All right. James chapter uh, number one, and I want you to look at verse number two. Says, my brethren, count it all joy. That's tough. When you fall into various trials. That's tough. Knowing that the testing of your faith (laughs) produces patience. 
Now, you notice how he says, my brethren. So you notice how he was talking to the whole church. He wasn't talking to a few folk where the rest of the folk had conquered patience. But let, verse 4, patience have its perfect work. <laughs> that means patience is working on you. And it works on you by working your nerves. Come on, we might as well get free tonight. Come on. Who's going to get free tonight? We might as well just get free tonight. Ain't no sense in fronting. Just get free. Don't front, be free. Let patience have. Oh, my God, because I got to be patient to let patience have its perfect work. That you may be perfect. So here's the promise. If I let patience do its thing, I'll be perfect. The word there just means whole and complete. And I will lack no thing. I won't lack the money I need. I won't lack the resources I need. If patience gets the opportunity to work, you won't lack anything. Bishop, how do you know? Because it's in the word of God, which means he signs by it himself. Father, uh, let patience have its perfect work in us. God, we already know that at one point or another, we may not be dealing with it today, but we know someday it's going to come up where we're going to have to deal with this patience thing. So before that day even gets here, we say, give us grace to have patience so we can be patient while patience is working on us. But if we let it have its work, we will be complete and perfect and we will lack nothing. In Jesus' name, somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Would you have five, two or three people and just say patience, patience, patience. And you can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Uh, the word of God describes God as the God of patience. Say it with me. Patience. I, I don't even like saying the word. The word patience aggravates me okay you can sit there with your sanctimonious self when people begin to talk about patience it incites impatience in us you know when somebody tells you just be patient give me a moment doesn't that make you more impatient and think to yourself listen you need to work on your patience i'm fine <laughs> The word of God calls our God the God of patience, which means evidently patience is important to him. Romans 15, 5, you can write it down, says, Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus. So patience evidently is important to God so much so that one of his names is the God of it. Amen. Say it again with me. Patience. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. The so question is, what is patience? Because everybody's got a slightly different view of patient because everybody has different patient tolerances. And so to some person, because they gave you 30 seconds, they've been patient with you. And for some people, they've been giving you 30 years and that's patient with you. So we have to then get one working definition of what patience is. And here's the definition. You ready? Patience is the level of endurance one's character can take before becoming negative 
while being delayed or provoked. I'm going to give it to you again because I'm going to be patient with you. It is the level of endurance one's character can take before becoming negative. Once you've turned negative, you're not patient anymore. Once you start complaining, you've, you're not in patience anymore. Can take before becoming negative while being delayed or provoked. Delayed or provoked. Uh, one of the things that God allows in our lives are delaying and provocation. He will allow circumstances, situations, and people to provoke you. And then he will delay the promise he made to you. Anybody have been there? And in both of those instances, God says, I'm the God of patience. So now you're going to have to pass this patience test because the moment you become negative, the test starts over. He is the God of patience. Which means evidently it's important to him. I'm going to teach slightly slow tonight so I can be patient. Now, patience, not only it is the level of endurance one's character can take before becoming negative or being delayed or provoked, but it's also part of the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians talks about the fruit of the Spirit, and one of those attributes is patience. So patience, then, is evidence of my mature spirituality. Patience is evidence of my mature spirituality because many times you're not going to be able to be patient in your flesh. So you're going to have to tap into the Holy Ghost and he's going to have to give you some patience and you will produce patience from walking in the spirit. Do you understand that? Patience is part of the fruit of the spirit, which means it's evidence of spiritual maturity. Very impatient people are people that will not mature spiritually at any level of depth or substance. Because every time they can mature, they abort maturation because they are impatient. Becoming mature requires time. It requires delay and it requires provocation. So now if I can't go through that process, I will never be mature. As I got some folks that have been saved for 15 years, but they're not mature. They've just been saved for 15 years. Got people that can quote the scriptures left and right, up and down. They can tell you everything. Everybody said, well, Abraham said this, Noah said this, and then Noah's wife said this. And tell you everything. But they're not mature because they are impatient with everything and everybody, and they cannot handle being delayed or provoked because if they do, they'll throw it in the towel because it's taken too long. Not understanding every time we turn negative, the test starts over. Isn't that something? Now, I know you wanted to hear about how he'll just, you know, fix it and all that. But no, no, he's the God of patience. So evidently, it's important to him. Amen. I told you it was going to be one of those nights. I warned you up front. Delay or provocation, uh, which is testing, as we read in James, produces patience. Now, anybody ever been delayed for something? Okay, who liked it? Who liked it? Thank you for thank you, Jesus, for an honest church. Thank you. I prayed for y'all last week that y'all lose that line. 
Thank you, Lord. Nobody likes that. When you go to the airport for your 655 flight, and then 655 turns into 755 that night, you've just been delayed. The problem with being delayed is it feels like in the moment I've been denied. So it's very tempting to turn negative because it looks as if I have no reason to remain positive. But delay is always a test of patience. God wants to see how you're going to act when you think he lied to you. He wants to see how you're going to act when you think that he's not going to do what he said. Because he says that's when the real you is going to come out. The real you is not the you that's on top of the mountain. The real you is the you that's in the middle of that valley. And whether or not you turn negative or stay positive determines what's really going on. Everybody's patient when their spouse, when everything's good, they got good money, they're having good relations, everything's good. No, come on here. Everybody's good with their spouse there, but then when the relations turn south and the money turns south and you can't even stand to see them, then everything, what take you so long? Put the cup over there. Everybody love their children. Come on with an A-plus report card. Oh, baby, God is so good. I'm mighty man of that. Thank you, Jesus. God is so good. God is favoring my children. Thank God is so good to me. But then when they're acting like Freddy Krueger and Jason and Mikey Myers, Every little thing they do, flip them with the seatbelt. How'd you even notice that? You sitting in the front putting your makeup on and doing your hair, and you was able to see all the way in the back that he was messing with the seatbelt. Say amen to that. <laughs> Every little thing they do. They can walk a certain way. Put your hands down. Why are you walking like that? Walking weird. Stop that. Get in the car. Fuck. We ain't getting nothing. Oh, you sanctified saints. It's easy to be patient when there's no delay. Because it's not being patient because you're getting exactly what you bargained for. But the moment you don't get what you bargained for, now patience sets in. But what about when you're being provoked? People have a way of provoking you. Especially the people that, that know your weaknesses. They have a way of provoking you. Because I'm going to tell you the truth. Truth is, is they sometimes know what they're doing. And they know this is the button. Boop! <laughs> oh, you, what you said? Boop! And the truth is, God knows what people to put around you to act like sandpaper. Because some folk that are around you, God says, I put them there to, to sand all of your rough edges off. When you're being provoked. When you're trying to talk to somebody and they're so dense that they already got you just trying to just... Anybody have been provoked by somebody? Children know how to provoke their parents. Somebody says, say that. <laughs> I'm going to say it. 
But parents that to provoke their children. That's why the scripture says, fathers, be careful. Don't you don't provoke them to wrath. See, some parents, when you stand in front of God, God's going to say, listen, I don't want to talk about nothing you accomplished. I'm talking about the day you provoked them to be anger. Uh, wrath is hot anger. The day you turned them against me. I want to talk to you about that. Scripture says. When you're being provoked, that's the test of patience. How much can I take before I knock you out? Because mama said. That's what she said now. And then she told you there'd be days like this. Anybody ever been provoked? You ever been provoked by a coworker? How many of you are currently being provoked by a coworker? Okay. <laughs> oh, I got a good one, and then I'm gonna move on because this is a real short teaching tonight. Real short. When people won't take responsibility. Provokes you in such a way that makes you. Because here's what you can't understand. Listen, I take responsibility. I handle my. I can't. I cannot fathom how it is you're not able to do the same thing. So, so, so deadbeat moms will provoke single fathers, but then deadbeat dads will produce will provoke single mothers and. And she's trying to sit there and figure out, now you so didn't have a problem making the thing, but now you got a problem taking care of it. And taking care of it ain't, ever, okay, all right, y'all don't want to say nothing. Okay, all right, y'all better say amen five, now because I'm, had me a five hour today. When a person does something and they won't take responsibility for what they did provokes you you're saying listen i got video footage i got witness testimony i got everything i need against you and and, and your self thank you lord wants to run rather than stand up and take responsibility there's a name for folk like that p-u-n-k Oh, let me be clear. That's female and male. When people take liberties with you that you didn't give them, you get provoked. I have this rule in life that don't ever take a liberty with me. I can give you. You know, it ain't that kind of situation. Being delayed, <laughs> being provoked. Test is, test is. <laughs> test! Y'all can see how rough of a word this is. I ain't even speaking English. I mean, I'd sound like a... <laughs> this is totally for me. This is, if you don't get nothing, I'm fine. I just want you to know this is totally for me. Now listen to this, listen to this, listen to this, listen to this. In nature, you see the testing of patience. Say the testing of patience. 
in, in nature, you see that with a uh, with a caterpillar and uh, turning into a butterfly, you see uh, the process of of uh, of this test going on because uh, the butterfly or the the caterpillar rather, as it's in the cocoon. It spends a large amount of time breaking out of the cocoon and turning into a butterfly. And the interesting thing about all of that is, <clears throat> is that uh, it spins, it, it goes through a life cycle. There's, there's four stages uh, to the life cycle. Say, say four stages. Now, now, also, I want you to encourage your neighbor, tell him this patient's word, you need this tape. Or uh, CD. You, you need this CD. See, see, my iPad right now is testing me. Thank you, Jesus. And see, but I know it's a test. And so, rather than picking it up and throwing it at the nearest glass thing, don't you act like you... Some of y'all got to go to Sprint every week because you broke a phone. But it failed. No, you threw it. <laughs> the butterfly, the butterfly, it, it, it goes through its life cycles. And, and a butterfly's uh, average lifespan is anywhere uh, from as short as a week to as long as a year. But the average lifespan for uh, the typical butterfly is about uh, three weeks, say three weeks. Uh, now, as it goes through this process of uh, maturation, uh, and it goes through this process of development, it has to spend the time uh, breaking out of the cocoon. And as it breaks out of the cocoon, it, it can take anywhere from 10 minutes to 10 hours for it to break out of the cocoon. Now, when you put that in perspective, if it's only living three weeks, that's a lot of time to be patient just to fly. Amen. Yeah, y'all not hearing what I'm saying. And so many times we spend a lot of the time and energy in our life just breaking out of stuff. And when you put it in perspective, though, you see it modeled in nature. You see it modeled everywhere. Now, uh, it, the life cycle of the butterfly, it consists of four parts. It's the egg, the larva, the pupa, the adult. Now, it is the struggle and patience breaking out of that pupa that gives it the strength to survive at the next level of life. Uh, if, if the butterfly was to decide... I am not going to go through the struggle and the patience to break out of this cocoon. Uh, uh, let's say it just said, I'm just going to let it break apart by natural circumstances and situations. By the time it got out, it would not be able to fly in order to survive because the struggle of breaking out is what gave its wings the strength to be able to survive at the next level of life. And so many believers are trying to get to the next level, but they don't want the struggle and the patience that has to occur between level pupa to level adult. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh, and so in this, it is so important that we master this patience thing. That's your neighbor said, we got to master it. We have to master this patience thing. Why? Because our God is the God of patience. So evidently it's important to him. Now, uh, I've also had it, or heard it said that many animals that are born, uh, and they're born by virtue of coming uh, via an egg, that if the mother uh, goes and removes pieces of the egg for uh, that infant that's breaking out of the egg, 
that infant won't be strong enough to survive. And so many times the mother has to stand back and watch the infant struggle out of the egg because it is that struggle that's necessary for that infant to be able to survive at the next level of life. So many times God will put you in a situation and stand back and watch you struggle, but he's not watching you to parade it over your head or because he's being mean. He's standing back and watching you because he's saying, I know the next level of life I have planned for you. And I know that if I start moving stuff out of your way, you're going to be too weak. And if you're too weak, you're not going to be able to survive. So sometimes God will stand back and say I'm the one that declined that I'm the one that said no to that I'm the one that stopped that because you need the struggle in order to survive at the next level uh, and in our families today many times and it is typically uh, more of the uh, matriarchal nature the nature of the mothers <coughs> uh, mothers are naturally nurturing and loving and these kinds of things God created women to be that way. That's why many times women will get men they have to raise. That's another series. But many times, especially for young men, mothers hear me, there is the necessity for a young man to struggle. I know you want to step in and fix every problem, and fix every issue. And who said that to you? Who messed with my baby? They're 18. That's not your baby. And if you keep calling him a baby, he's going to act like a baby. And let me be clear, not just young men, but these little girls too. That's these little boys, but these little girls too. There is a necessity. When a little boy falls down and, 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 gets his, and, and messes up his knee, Generally, a man will say, oh, you'll be all right. Get up. You'll be fine. A woman's going to be, oh, my God, what happened? Oh, God, get the first aid kit. <laughs> we didn't have first aid kits in the South. <laughs> we had some of that alcohol stuff. What was it? I had that peroxide and Band-Aids. Neosporin, I just found out what that was a couple years ago. Now, what does that do? So it helps it heal faster. Oh, okay. Glory to God. But there is a necessity, parents, for your children to endure some struggles. And even though you may have the means to help them, just because it's good doesn't mean it's God. Because if you step in and start pulling pieces of the egg off, when they get into the next level of life, you know what they're going to do? They're going to keep coming back to the nest. So just like in a natural situation, so it is with God. Sometimes God sits back and says, man, I, whew, but you need it. And evidence of my love is that I'm allowing you to be strengthened through it. Y'all all right? Now, 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 now. Say patience. First point about patience. There's only three of them tonight. First point. Patience is how we see what God said. Patience is how we see what God said. Go to Hebrews 6. Go to Hebrews 6. 
Say it with me. Patience. Amen. It's how we see what God said. Nothing great is built overnight. And everyone that seems to be an overnight success, let me tell you what that is. That is a shooting star. And shooting stars rise fast, but they fall faster. You have to appreciate some of the pain and the struggles that you've endured. Because they prepared you for the next level of life. Remember a day when, you, when, 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 when you, your, your food options were limited? You're not there now, but remember a day when your food options... Oh, okay, I forgot where I'm at. I forgot y'all always had good food. <laughs> remember when your cornflakes were in a white box? Somebody said, no, I don't know. You bougie Denver people. With black writing on it that told you what it was. Any, anybody, come on, anybody, come on. There's a few of y'all. God bless you. Amen. Ain't it good now you get the full color box? And your box got a tiger on the front with a spoon now? But remember, you didn't always have a full color box. That black and white box made you appreciate that full color. They're great. Sure is. My God. Woo, they got sugar on them. I ain't even got to put no sugar in the milk. <laughs> and maybe that's, not, maybe that's not your testimony, but maybe your testimony. Somewhere, somehow, you, you had some kind of struggle. And you had to be patient with that struggle because as much as you asked God to help you in that struggle, he had to stand back. And do like he told Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. Paul asked the Lord three times. He said, take this away from me. It's a messenger of Satan to buffet me, to mess with me, to aggravate me. And three times God says, no, no, no. My grace is sufficient for you, Paul. My grace is going to help you get through it. But I'm not removing the obstacle. That's something. First point. What is it? Hebrews 6, look at verse 11. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. Say until the end. Now, question is, Bishop, what, end, what is the end? The end is whatever it is you believe in God for. Look at verse 12. That you do not become sluggish. That's the patience test. See, I, I can tell people that are failing the patience test because all of a sudden they were fired up for God on this week. But now that that things aren't moving as quickly as they wanted to, all of a sudden that fire and zeal for God, it fades. Why? Because they didn't realize God was testing them. And what looked like denial was really delay. But God said, ooh, I found out the real you. I found out that the real you was only trying to get what was in my hand. But you didn't care nothing about what was in my heart. So guess what? Test starts over. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Look at it. That you do not become sluggish. Touch your neighbor and say, don't become sluggish. But imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Who's he talking about imitate? In Hebrews, it, we have a, a, a chapter in Hebrews. Uh, there in Hebrews, it's called the Hall of Fame of Faith. Abraham and, and all of these great men of God that had to operate by faith. They had to walk by faith. Do you know that uh, God didn't start talking to Noah about building an ark until he was around 600 years old? Now, that's a long time to wait. 
600 years. Now, of course, the, the aging was different. The bodies lasted much longer in that time. Uh, but, but the point is, is that's still a long time. I don't, 600, 6,000 years ago, 600 years today, that's a long time. Jesus had to wait for 30 years knowing he was king of kings but having to be raised like a child. He's God in the flesh, yet he got to sit there and wait. And he got people trying to say, now Jesus sit over here. And I'm sure at one point he was thinking to himself, better watch how you talking to me. Ooh, because when I become Messiah. Joseph said, Jesus, come in here and clean your room. Look, Joe, you're not even. Watch it, Joe. I got a fresh judgment I ain't even used yet. 30 years he had to wait knowing he was called, knowing he was God in the flesh, but he had to act like a mere human. David had to wait over 20 years from the day Samuel anoints him to be king before he actually assumes the throne. Now imagine having to walk in every day knowing that's your throne, but having to go play music for somebody and watch them sit where you know you're supposed to be sitting. Somebody say patience. That's some patience. Moses had to walk around with them disobedient, rebellious people for 40 years. Imagine having to pay the price for somebody else's mistakes. You can't go get your problems because they don't want to listen. So for 40 years, Moses got, here we go again. Same mountain, Mount Seir, same mountain, 40 years. And eventually, God just got sick of it. So God just said, I can't take this no more. Just turn north. I just, I'm over this. I'm over it. Just turn north. I, I can't see y'all walk around this same. I'm so sick of this scenery. If I see that plant one more time, I'm going to destroy all living plants. Cause I'm... And that's something. Everything in Scripture required patience. You think because it was verse 4 and then verse 5, it looked like it happened, that there weren't years in between that. The scriptures are not necessarily a chronological presentation of the facts. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Patience put together with my faith is how I see what God said. Anybody got some promises you believe in God for? So, okay, good, so, good, so, so good. God is going to do what he said he's going to do. Here's the part most people never hear. When he wants to do it. And you know what? You know what? He's on his own timetable. Bishop, how do you know? The scripture says a day <laughs> is just a thousand years to the Lord. Now, is that a literal interpretation? No, what, what Peter's trying to intimate is, is that God is not bound to time. Which means if he wants you to be like Abram and wait till you, the scripture says that he was beyond the age of being able to produce children. The scripture calls his, his ability to reproduce dead. And then God says, okay, time for some kids. Well, Lord, why couldn't you have done it when I was vibrant? You know, things were good and had a little extra money. And God says, I'm going to do what I promised you when I want to do it. And I'll move quicker. If I see you're passing the patience test. Patience is how I see what God said. Scripture says patience with faith. Which means while I'm believing God, 
I'm saying, God, okay, I'm believing you. I'm working my faith. I'm putting faith and action together. But, God, listen, I understand uh, uh, that you're going to do it when you're good and ready. And that's just the end of the story. Why does he do that? So that at the end of the day, you have no doubts about who's God and who's not God. Isn't he awesome? Isn't it great that he says, listen, you can sit, you can cry, you can holler, you can sit, just like you do your kids. You can cry, you can holler, you can sit. Matter of fact, all that holler, I'm not doing nothing now. I, I was, I was. Some of y'all know how y'all do you, but you'll get in the car, you'll get them happy, and then they start crying. And say, nope, we ain't going now, we turn it around. Second point, second point about patience. Patience makes you perfect, complete, and lacking nothing. Now, that's right there out of the text we just read from James. My brethren, count it on joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Remember the butterfly example I gave you? Remember the example I gave you about the animal coming out of the egg? If it's not patient during that process, it won't be strong enough to survive at the next level. And what you need to understand is what you're dealing with now has nothing to do with where you're at. It has everything to do with where God has ordained for you to be after you get from where you're at. So when you're going through tough stuff now, don't think, oh, I must be really doing something. No, 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 no. You're really getting ready to be doing something. And what you're facing is designed to test you But that test, the scripture says, produces patience. Say, Lord, thank you for the patience you've given me. See, sometimes you got to call things that be not. Patience makes you perfect. What does that mean, Bishop? If you were to get what he promised you now, the issue is, You're not fully equipped for that now. So if he was to give it to you, you'd be able to lose it. And the scripture says the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow. Which means when God gives me something, he wants to ensure that I never ever am able to lose that which he's given me. So what he does is says is patience is going to make you complete so you lack nothing. You won't like the resources you need. You won't like the intelligence you need. You won't like the prowess you need. You won't like anything that you need to be effective at the next level of life. Because remember, that butterfly had four levels. And if it didn't pass the pupil level, it wasn't getting to the adult stage. Patience. Patience sitting back saying, God, I know, I know I was created for more than what I'm doing. But here's the test. If you're faithful with that of another man's. God says, then I'll be faithful to ensure you receive that of your own. Most people want their own and they not build another man's. You want your own business. Whose other business? Whose business have you built? You, you, you want your own thing, but whose have you built? Patience test. But patience will make you perfect or whole and lacking nothing. Which means if there's lack somewhere in your life, check your patience. If there's lack somewhere, check your patience. Why? Because the scripture makes a promise. 
patience if it has its perfect work, which means patience is working on me. If it has its perfect work, I won't lack no thing. Third point, and then we're going to shout off this one. Amen. Y'all been patient. <laughs> patience. And you know the awesome thing about it is that tomorrow when you're sitting and your, pa- your patients get tested, some of you, your, ta- your patients are going to get tested the moment you hit that door. I mean, it's going to come up right immediately. And God's going to say, I want to see how you handle this. God's going to say, you just got the word. Now what you going to do with it? But tomorrow your patients will be tested. Somebody's going to test it. At rush hour, somebody's going to test it. At lunch rush hour, somebody's going to test it. In the drive through somebody's going to test it. You, you know, it, it, you know it, it's going to get tested. Uh, 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 on your job tomorrow, you're going to get a call that's going to test it. Uh, 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 you, you're going to get tested. And the awesome thing about it is you're going to be able to sit back and just laugh and say, I know what this is. So before I mess this test up, You're not going to draw nothing out of me. I ain't starting this test over. Because here's the third point. Patience lets you keep your soul. Keep your soul. Flip to Luke 21 so you can see this. Patience lets you keep your soul. I'm going to show all the folks that's got issues keeping their souls. Now you understand what this means, right? It's your ability to Control your mind, thoughts, will, and your emotions. That's what it means to keep your soul. Luke 21, verse 17, got it? And you will be hated for all by my, uh, for my name's sake. Now, Jesus is going through this thing where he's telling them some of the things they're going to have to suffer as disciples. Look at verse 18. But not a hair of your head shall be lost. By your patience, possess or keep your souls. Now, what is he saying? What is he saying? He's saying, listen, disciples, a lot of people are going to do some real messed up stuff to you. And he said, but what I need you to know is it's going to be by your patience that you keep your mind. It's going to be by your patience that you keep your mind from getting into some crazy thoughts. It's going to be by your patience that you keep your mouth from saying something that you really don't want to say and really don't want to put in the atmosphere. But because your patience uh, is it, nah, y'all not here. Anybody ever had some issues keeping your so- and somebody works your patience and all of a sudden you start talking in tongues you didn't even know you knew how to talk yet. But if you learn how to keep your patience. Your patience will help you keep your soul. Mind, thoughts, will, emotions. So, so I'm going to give you one for each and I'm going to sit down. Your mind. Your mind is either going to be a slave to you or you're going to be a slave to it. Patience makes your mind a slave to you. But then your thoughts. Your mind produces thoughts. It is your thoughts that, causes, uh, that cause you to act, right? So now, uh, if I'm patient, I will be able to rein in my thoughts. So when I start thinking negative, if I don't stop it, I'm going to start talking negative, and I'm going to start acting negative. So if I can get my patience right, I'll be able to keep myself from having negative thoughts, which will stop me from having negative actions 
and conversations. Will. Ooh. The will. The will. The will of man. Patience helps me to keep my will in subjection to his will. Because when I'm in the middle of a test, my will seems much more convenient than his will. And your will will seem much easier to accomplish than his will. And so this is why so many people end up shortchanging themselves because they lose patience. So they exchange his will for their will and they end up having to divorce it 10 years later. Because whenever you exchange his will for your will, you are always going to get in a situation where later on you're going to look back and say, my God, what did I do? I'll tell you what you did. You didn't have your patience to help you keep your will. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Patience helps me keep his will. And it helps me keep my will submitted to his will. Single folk, patience will keep you from regretting stuff. They used to have a saying saying a night full of passion is worth a life full of pain. And somebody said, well, Bishop, I ain't quite experienced no pain yet. That's because God said, I was playing you. Bishop, what are you trying to say? When I say his will is for me not to even get involved with all that. So if I submit my will to his will, I'll be able to keep my will in check. So when my will wants to do something it has no business doing, because I'm patient saying, you ain't the one. How do I know? Because you're trying to rob. And anybody that's a robber is a thief. And the scripture says, I'm come that you might have life. It's the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So if you're trying to get something before we got a ring, baby, then evidently you ain't the one. That's how, that's how I know. Works both ways, both ways. The ladies shouting, but fellas, we better shout too, single fellas. If she's trying to pull you to a place, talking about she coming out with a, a bikini on, and no, that ain't appropriate. Your will can't be subjected like that. Amen. Oh, no, Bishop, I'm a strong Christian. Quit lying. Y'all are saved, man, because the five hours kicking in right there. That ain't even the Holy Ghost. That's Bishop right there. You know you ain't got no business being over there as the lights is on. When the street lights are on, it's time to go home. That's not how it would be single people's life. No, the street lights are on, it's time for me to go home. Because the only thing for to go on tonight is going to be me breaking his will for my will. And I'm going to exchange this little 10 minutes for a lifetime of pain. But I think there's some believers in the house that say, Lord, if you'll give me patience. Give me patience. Subject my will to his will. I didn't know where this is leading. Married couples, I'm meddling now. I got the mic. I'm for the metal. You already know what sets them off. So, so why is it that you act like you didn't know an argument was going to come out of this? Like you shocked. You 
you already knew what was coming. So what you got to do is subject your will to his will. What's his will? Blessed are the peacemakers. I'm going to quit meddling. Emotions. 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 While God gives us emotions, he gives those emotions to us to serve us, not for, uh, for those emotions to take us away from serving him. And so if I get patience, I'll be able to keep my emotions because there's some emotions that have gotten you fired. There's some emotions that have cost you real friends. There's some emotions that have cost you things because you couldn't sub- keep your emotions. So the emotions cost you things. The emotions that have cost you years of your life. Patience, though, helps me keep my emotions. How do I know? Jesus said, by your patience, you shall possess. Keep your soul. Now, Father, tonight, we need your grace to get this patience thing. Lord, we... We thank you that even though we know we've all failed a patience test before, today is a brand new day with new mercies. And so even though we may be delayed and even though we may feel provoked, we thank you that we got a fresh dose of grace to help us walk this patience thing out. Everybody stand on your feet with me. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. To those who visit Mickey D's for their favorite breakfast item and then go somewhere else for coffee, give this Mickey D's brew a second chance. The glow up was real. Try any size iced coffee brewed with 100% Arabica beans for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with a savory sausage McMuffin with egg for $2.79. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.